Welcome to The Storytellers, the radio show and podcast that features those who choose to leave their mark on the world through the art of story. I'm your host, Grace Salmon. I look forward to our time together today. Now, let's meet our storyteller. Amy Ferris is an author, a screenwriter, a writer, an editor, a playwright. Her memoir, her debut memoir, Marion George Clooney, Confessions from a Midlife Crisis, became an off-Broadway play. She has written for television. She has written for the movies. She's been nominated for a Best screen, uh, write, uh, Screenplay. She has done amazing things, including being named one of Women E! News 21 Leaders for the 21st Century and Next Tribes, one of the 12 women who changed the world in 2021. Today, she's talking to us about her new memoir, Mighty Gorgeous Love, a little book about Mighty Gorgeous. Let me get the title right because it's such a great book. Mighty Gorgeous, a little book about messy love. Amy Ferris, welcome back to the Storyteller's Microphone. Thank you so much, Grace, for having me again. You know, I don't have a lot of guests again, and you are so worth having, um, as many of my guests are, but I, it's a treat to be able to welcome you back to the microphone. I want to start with what you have on your banner on your Facebook page, which is Open Carry Your Life. Talk to me about that. Oh, my God. Well, that came out of my piece about gun violence protection. And I realized that so many people writing, you know, about open carry, open carry, open carry, meaning gun, right? And I thought, you know, we really ought to open carry our lives and wear them out loud and, you know, really open carry, like really show our lives out loud. And that's how it came about. And you do that every single day on Facebook, so worth following for inspiration and quite honestly for challenges. You know, you'll say things in your Facebook posts that will rub people the wrong way or the right way. And it, I, I think it's a wonderful forum. But that idea of open carrying your life, you do it every day and you do it in your new memoir. So tell us about Mighty Gorgeous, a little book about messy love. Just out. You know, I, I, <laughs> it's true. Thank you. Um, you know, for many years, I wrote a post called Post Coffee Pre-Wine on Facebook. And I would, you know, get up in the morning and I would write something that was either what I was going through or that I felt somebody would need to kind of hear. And it became very popular. And, you know, I went from like having seven likes to having a couple of hundred likes. And, and then there were a lot of people who wrote, when is this going to become a book? And it never did become a book, but in the process of doing Mighty Gorgeous, there are pieces in there that I culled from Facebook um, that I really loved, that were very important to me, that resonated deeply for me. Um, and then there are new pieces that I've written. So it's a combination kind of of post-coffee, pre-wine, and new pieces. So I feel like I'm, I've fulfilled an obligation to the folks that follow me and want it. Um, 
a little book about <clears throat> my posts on Facebook and also adding stories and things that I wanted very much to contribute. Well, I think it's a very brave book. I always think of almost I think everything that you do is very brave and open. So I loved your memoir. Just let's put it out there. I loved everything about it. Um, I love the bookends, if you will. Your opening is a letter to the younger Amy. And then we'll talk about the closing in a bit. So talk about your letter to the younger Amy. Um. I'm glad you asked that. The younger Amy, everybody, you know, for a really long time, people would be saying, well, what would you tell your younger self? And, you know, people would say, well, I would tell my younger self not to date that guy or, you know, don't go to that school or don't do drugs or, and I would tell my younger self to do everything that I did because it's what got me. And I think that that's something that we as women, especially, you know, we need to honor the journeys that we take. They're not perfect. We're so imperfect. We're mighty flawed. You know, we make a lot of mistakes. Um, but all of those mistakes got me here. And all of those bad choices got me to start making better choices. And all of the no's that I got in my life gave me more determination. So I wouldn't trade anything, even the worst experiences that I went through. I wouldn't trade them. So I'm, I'm, in the, I'm in the same camp. I'm in the same camp. Yeah, you, uh, you know, you and I have talked about scars to stars. Um, do you think most people are in that camp? Or what kind of reaction have you gotten to that? first chapter? I think, well, not a whole lot of people have read it. So you're, you're mighty lucky. Um, but I think, I do hope that the reaction that I get, Grace, is encouragement that people will stop feeling that they need to rewind their life. You know, that they should have done something different. Or been in a different relationship or, you know, I, I really do. I hope that what I've written inspires women and men to really fall in love with their life, their whole life, not, you know, just the good pieces, but, you know, um, we always say that we want we want to be loved, right? We always say that we want, you know, someone to love us a lot. Well, I think we need to start loving ourselves a lot. I think that, you know, we're worth it. We're really worth loving. And all of those bad turns that we took, I don't think we would have been where we are today or been able to share. One of the things I found so interesting because memoir is relatively new to me as a genre I love. And I find it particularly interesting that you, in my opinion, this is a question, I guess, you couldn't have written this book 20 years ago. There's something about being this age that allows us to have a different perspective, both for ourselves and for those who would read and share your book, yes? Oh my God, look at that, the light is coming in. <laughs> You're all aglow, um, Amy. 
all aglow, Grace. It's so weird. Um, okay, ask me that again, because I got kind of squashed with the light coming down on me. Going towards the light. Uh, the idea that you couldn't have written this memoir this profoundly 20 years ago. We need to age. We need to ripen. We need to get better. Yes? We need to get out of this light. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's somewhat better. I'm sorry. Um, oh, you look absolutely fabulous. So the idea of perspective, I, I guess. No, I would have never been able to write it 20 years ago because I wouldn't have the history of my marriage that I have. I wouldn't have um, friendships that were so incredibly important to me 20 years ago and now those friendships are no longer. Um, I think that I probably could have written a version of this years ago, but for sure not what I wrote this this time around. You had mentioned that there were pieces that were very important for you to put into the book. Can you share with us what some of those might be? Yeah, um, the one very specific piece that hit me really hard two weeks ago was the almost the very last piece in the book about my dad. And I never wrote about it. I never talked about it. Um, it was kind of the beginning of the end of my family. You know, it was the beginning. It was the beginning of my mother having dementia. The end of my dad's life unexpectedly. Um, and it was something that I never talked about or wrote about. But what was so incredible for me, Grace, was taking my husband to the hospital last week and having the extraordinary fortune of having Melissa Guyberson and Vivian taking care of me every day um, and being able to get to that hospital every morning and every night to be with my husband because my mother left my father in a hospital and he died because she left him there. And I made a pledge in 1999 that I would never, I mean, Ken and I have been married, had been married seven years then. Um, but I made a pledge to never ever leave his side. And I know that my mother had dementia. I know that it wasn't something she, in her right mind, she probably would have never left him. Although, you know, <laughs> never know. Um, she wasn't the most nurturing of humans, but I just pledge. And that was the first time that I'd ever written about it. The only thing that, that I do want to say is that they got the date wrong on my father's death in the book. Okay. Um, it was November 2nd, not the 4th is when he died. But, you know, he probably in my, in, and I'm going to use this one in a kind of like a very um, spiritual way. He probably didn't die for me on the 2nd, but probably did 
I probably dealt with his death on the fourth. So, but I didn't leave Ken's side last week. Yeah, this whole aging process does both bring up our past, doesn't it, in interesting ways, and teaches us how we want to live for today. It sure does. It sure does. And, you know, what? who do we want to be at the end of our lives? You know, what do we want people saying about us? You know, um, you know it's, it's an amazing journey. It is, you know, you and I have spoken before, and I, I think both of us want to be kinder than we ever need to be. You know, to, absolutely. That's, that, it. that's something I work on, and uh, you know, hopefully, it's, it's not that hard to do. You know, it's so much easier to be kind than it is to not be. Um, other pieces in your memoir, because those are the two that re I, I loved all of them. And you and I have walked similar paths. We've grew, grew up on Long Island. We spent tons of time in New York. We spent times in Albuquerque and Florida. But uh, the two pieces that we've already spoken about, the young Amy and the very poignant piece about your mom leaving your dad um, in the hospital. Those two stayed with me forever, and I actually reread them last week when I, um, not only in preparing for today, because I'm so excited the book is finally out, but um, also because of your journey with Ken that I wanted to feel that again. And you do such a great job of evoking feeling from us. What other pieces were particularly poignant for you as you wrote them? You know, uh, the piece about our friend Terry, which I had written about before when, he, when I took him to, um, he had to go to the cancer center and they, his partner, his husband had asked me if I would do them a favor and drive him. Mm -hmm. And um, that piece is really important to me because it showed me that everywhere you go, there's goodness. Everywhere. I mean, the little girl who came over to me and said that I was making coffee <laughs> and that she wanted to help me make the, the coffee. And here she was, you know, getting cancer treatments and gave me her time. And, you know, how much time did she have? It's stuff like that. It's moments like that where you think I could be better. You know, I, I'm, I'm a big champion of forgiveness, not, you know, people who are, vile and evil and horrific and, you know, just, but, um, you know, the everyday imperfections, mm -hmm. you know, the things that we say that maybe we weren't thinking, you know, the, it's the stuff that we did, you know, in a moment of, you know, passion or, or, in the heat at the moment. Um, I'm just, I'm a big supporter of forgiveness of people's foibles. And I don't think there's enough of that. I think it's, we cancel people so easily. Yeah. Um, and that's very painful. Yeah, a, la a lack of understanding. Yeah, a lack of understanding, I think, in so many ways. Um, why memoir, Amy? And why a second memoir? 
You know, I, I kind of think of this not as so much as a memoir, but as a collection of essays okay. um, or memoir essays or something like that. Um, I love writing about my life, about what I go through. Um, and mostly I love writing about it because I kind of feel like if I say something and I notice this on Facebook when I post something, I notice that I'm giving another person courage. You know, I'm giving them the opportunity to kind of step into their power. And I so deeply appreciate that I can do that, that I can share awful in my life or wonderful in my life and that it inspires someone else. Um, and I think it was born out of many, many, many years ago when I struggled as a writer and as a woman. And a friend of mine said, you hey, know, it's kind of getting weird and creepy, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, whoa. Um, <laughs> a friend of mine said that the best way to become a bigger human is by understanding another person's heart. And he encouraged me, you know, when I was struggling to pick up a phone or, you know, to reach out to somebody and say, how are you doing? How can I help you? And I noticed whenever I did that, when I was in the depths of whatever hell I was in years and years ago, um, I noticed that it lifted me, that I became less self-absorbed. And that always inspired me, you know, and I, and I, I do, I feel that when I write something on Facebook and, you know, whether it's something about my daily life or my marriage or work or being rejected or losing a friend or whatever, um, inevitably somebody says, thank you. And that's enough for me. And that's, I think, why memoir is so important, because we share those commonalities. I think we understand each other's foibles more. Um, One of the things I liked about the book so much, and it has absolutely nothing to do with your glorious writing, are the little um, graphics throughout. Well, that was all she she writes. That was all their art department and... um, that was all of their doing that, you know, I wrote a small book, right? Tiny. I mean, without, (laughs) without the graphics, I think it was probably 70 something pages, but, um, Brooke Warner, who's the publisher of she writes. How would you, yeah, she is like the moon and the star. She's everything. Um, yeah. She said, well, how would you feel if we added some graphics? you know, in between or, you know, and I thought, okay, that, that sounds good. And they did an amazing job. They did such an amazing job. I think it gives it a sense somehow, almost like I'm reading your diary, that maybe you've been doodling in the margins. And I, I, of course, now, now I, now I want to talk to the She Writes Press people um, to say, why that graphic? Why did that go there? Because I found myself going, now, why does that graphic go there? I love that graphic. So we'll have to dive into uh, the world of Brooke Warner and She Writes Press at another time yeah, to find and, out. 
Yeah, and you know, they have an incredible team. You know, and so the graphics were, you know, I, they were very thought out, by the way. They were, you know, very much, you know, with the hearts and all the other things that they did, very, very thought out. Well, it has come together, um, as so much of your work does, as an amazing book, Mighty Gorgeous, a little book about messy love. As always, Amy, there is so much to talk to you about. We are at the end of our storyteller's time. And as you would say, beginning of story. Amy, thank you so much for being with us today. I hope you'll come back um, again and talk about your work over and over again because you are an inspiration. Amy Ferris, thank you. Thank you, Grace. You're an inspiration too. You're kind. No. That concludes this episode of The Storytellers. I'm so glad you could be part of the story today. I hope you share the stories, tell your own, and come back for another episode. Because when our stories are told, everything changes. I'm Grace Salmon.